0: And my mother uh, is a Holocaust survivor. Wow! So her story to me was always one of, uh, you know, sort of against all odds, surviving wow. this yeah. terrible thing as a child. But because um, the authority figures in her life had so disappointed her, the government yeah. officials, people she had been yeah. so rejected, I think that I became very irreverent as a person. Mm. So I didn't necessarily.
1: Um, have... Welcome to the Whole Student Podcast with Cal Balivan. Whole Student refers to the magical moment when a student is fully seen, heard, and known. This is a spark of a relationship between student and teacher, where the former is catalyzed on a journey beyond what they thought possible, and the latter is a proud advisor cheering from the sidelines. The Whole Student Podcast asks guests to reflect back to their moment, to the person who became a transformative teacher in their lives and on the journey that were set upon our guest today is Gwen Laurie. Gwen is a former UCLA class president and a newton Tatum scholar at Oxford University. Lifelong writer, Gwen began her career as a journalist for ABC News in New York. In 1987, she was a producer on the award-winning documentary Voices from the Attic about her family's years in hiding during the Holocaust. She later broke into the entertainment industry going on to work as a screenwriter for more than two decades. Gwen's writing credits include the feature film Nine Lives, starring Gwen's Kevin Spacey and Jennifer Garner, the music Never Stop, starring J.K. Simmons, as well as Roll Dolls*, Charlie and Chocolate Factory and the BFG. Gwen has been an active member of the Montecito Santa Barbara community since she moved there full-time with her husband, Les Firestein and two daughters in 2009. A decorated volunteer... She completed two terms as an elected member of the Montecito Union School Board and served as chair for the Santa Barbara County Child Safety Net Task Force. Whew, there's a lot of words there. (laughs) Gwen was a founding board member of the Partnership for Resilient Communities, a partnership created after the January 9th debris flow to help keep Montecito safe from future disasters. She co chaired the Santa Barbara Human Rights Watch Committee. In 2019, Gwen purchased the Montecito Journal and founded the Montecito Journal Media Group, for which she currently serves as CEO and executive editor of the Montecito Journal, the Montecito Journal Glossy Magazine, and the Giving List Santa Barbara, the Giving List Los Angeles, and the Giving List the Bay Area. It is my pleasure to welcome my friend and sister, Gwen, to the whole student podcast. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Cal.
1: There was a lot there. You know, I want to capture it all.
0: Can I correct a couple things? Please. So I was student body president at UCLA, not mm. which is a little different to mm. those of us who okay. take a little too much pride in those achievements. Mm. Um, but also, I, I and I did. Uh, I was a writer on uh, the Roll Doll, two Roll Doll, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the BFG. Yeah. Although I was not credited writer on the film, I, oh. but I did adapt both screenplay. Both, Interesting. Both books.
1: All right. So you brought up the idea of being a student student body president but describe yourself as a student when you're growing up
0: well there were different stages of my being a student mm. i would say um i'm a product of public education okay. all the way through okay uh i would say as a in my secondary and before mm-hmm. i would say i was a clever student okay which means I knew how to get A's, mm. but I didn't necessarily think all that much about what I was learning.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. So all um, the way through when? When would you say you were clever? I
0: okay. would say that was through high school. Okay. And then I attended UCLA. Mm-hmm. And while it may have still been enough to be clever, mm-hmm. it, it was less satisfying and ah. I found um, there were a few teachers in college that really pushed me and inspired me to, um, to grow as a student and to care about and think about and be thoughtful about my wow. education.
1: Hmm. Before you go there, and it might be the answer, um, who was the first person where you felt, as a student, fully seen, heard, and known?
0: Well, first of all, in my classes, because I have many teachers in my life, and they're not all in the classroom. That's right. That's right. In my classes, two teachers in particular, I would say three teachers in Mm. particular, come to mind. One, do you want names? Yes,
1: I want names. I want to set the stage for us. What year were you in school, et cetera?
0: One was uh, an a popular American history Mm -hmm. teacher. A uh, 20th century okay. American history teacher named Blanc- Blanche wisen Cook, who Weisen-Cook. wrote the book on um, Eleanor Roosevelt, mm. and she it was an upper division history course I took as a freshman. Okay, and I remember being in the class, one of the few freshmen in the class, mm. and I remember the midterm was a 20-page paper. Mm-hmm and I can't believe I remember this, but I could tell you the question of the paper, well, which was to discuss the origins and significance of World War One and World War II with regard to Pan-Americanism mm. and fascism. Mm. And that's a big question yeah. for a 20-page paper.
1: Yeah, right. There are about
0: 1,020-page mm. papers in yeah. that answer. Yeah. And I really had no idea what to do. Mm. And... People in the class, some of the upper division students were asking questions that I didn't even understand the questions mm. they were asking. And I remember going to the teacher about, and this was the midterm, so it was like a week before it was okay to drop the class.
1: Is this a fr- and this is your first semester? Freshman,
0: so that- uh, first semester Ooh. UCLA. Wow. And I remember in tears going to the professor and asking her to drop the class. Mm. and she wouldn't let me drop the class. She said, let's see how you do on this paper. And she talked it through with me, and I think I had a week to do it. I probably spent five days crying <laughs> and two days not sleeping, writing yeah, yeah. furiously. And I remember I got, and this didn't certainly didn't happen in every class, but I remember I got the highest A in the class on wow. the paper. Wow. And it was largely fear-driven, I wow, think. Wow,
1: um,
0: But she said, I have more confidence in you than you have in yourself. Mm. She said, don't worry about getting the answer right. Just mm. say something that you want to say. Wow. And that was an important moment for me.
1: Wow. Do you stay in touch with her?
0: No. Okay. I don't. I don't think. I don't even know if she's still alive. She may be. Wow. But she was, she was uh, no, I'm not in touch with her. Wow. Um, and then there was a, a public speaking teacher who I love very much named Marty Gregory, who I am sort of on and off in touch with over the years. Mm-hmm. But she was a, I wouldn't call that my most mm. academically challenging experience, but it was an important experience in my life as. Hmm.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because you're a writer, you're eloquent. Um, when you speak, when you write. And uh, I wonder uh, what your teachers might say, right? Especially those that are part of that journey. I have more faith in you than you have in yourself. Wow. Mm.
0: Well, I, you know, I, my sister and I and my brother were the first in our family to graduate from college. Mm. And I didn't have, I came from a very loving, very supportive family. Yeah. But it wasn't a serious academic family. Mm. I didn't go to private school and um, I didn't go to a fancy Dun yeah. academy, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. done school.
0: <laughs> um, and I, I really didn't have that kind of confidence in myself in that way. Wow. Um, so there were people along the way that saw something that I didn't necessarily recognize yet. Mm. And it was that faith in me that Mm. allowed me to, I guess you'd say sort of ride on their faith. Mm. um, That was really foundational for
1: me. Wow. You started your journey about talking about feeling seen, heard, and known in college and how you were the clever student all the way through. And it wasn't until college that... You felt like the curiosity and the feeling challenged and wanting to learn. Um, I wonder, are there teachers in your past, teachers where you felt unmotivated, uh, teachers that weren't just doing their job, and you felt like, okay, I'm just gonna get through this thing, that uh, would be surprised by what you've become and what you're doing now in the world?
0: I don't know what they'd think. Mm. And I don't necessarily know what they'd think about me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely had teachers, and I would say more earlier, more in high school and Mm -hmm. junior high, Mm -hmm. who I felt didn't see me. Mm. You know, I felt sort of... um, Yeah, I don't know that I had that person that did this with me. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I had a family that told me I could do anything. Right. um, Which also probably wasn't true. (laughs) But but they they, believed in
1: you too. But I believed them for some reason. that's right, that's right.
0: Um, But, you know, Cal, and and tell me if I'm taking this on a direction. You don't want to go, but I kind of, I think I understand what you're getting at with the importance of having someone believe in you, yeah, and having someone um have faith in uh, whoever you are, that's right, and my teachers and my heroes, because we get asked a lot who's your hero, yeah, yeah, and I've never had one hero or one mentor. I find my mm. mentorship in moments, mm. and you're a teacher of mine, oh. It's true. And I had teachers, you know, my my parents have been my teacher. Yeah. My husband has been my teacher. Yeah. I have many dear friends. Um, some of my investors now, I'm so blessed in my company mm-hmm. to have investors who right. have taught me so much about business and, mm-hmm. and courage yeah. and doing the right thing right. and um, taking safe chances, reasonable, yeah. responsible risks. Yeah. Um,
1: wow.
0: so I, and sometimes it's just something that someone says to me that changes my life just a little bit that I latch mm. onto. So they may not even know wow. that they're a mentor or wow. a teacher.
1: Wow. Okay. So you're ever the student, always learning, always growing. Um, and this season's special because we're focusing on folks who are entrepreneurs and, uh, you've been an entrepreneur in so many different ways, um, On the social justice side of things uh, In terms of the news that you share uh, In terms of the work that you're doing And especially with what you've done with the Montecito Journal Uh, Can you talk a little bit about who's inspired you In terms of is there a teacher or someone like this in your life Who helped you see the entrepreneur in yourself
0: Wow, that's such a hard question Um, because I don't know that I would point it back to one person Mm. again. I think that um, I grew up in a family. uh, My father was, um, he was ill when I was a young child. Um, He worked very hard to support the family, but Mm -hmm. I felt his frustration that he always worked for someone else. Hmm and that he always was beholden to the whims of bosses Mm, and mm, managers mm. and had had his dreams dashed a number of times because of it. And I think I really took that in as a child. And my mother uh, is a Holocaust survivor. Wow. So her story to me was always one of, uh, you know, sort of against all odds surviving this terrible thing as a child, but because um the authority figures in her life had so disappointed her the government officials yeah. people she had been yeah. so rejected i think that i became very irreverent as a person mm. so i didn't necessarily um have faith in authority inherently mm. the way other people did wow um so you know to me i've always been a little bit of a risk taker okay um, I don't know that I've appreciated the opportunities that failure have afforded me as much as I could have. <laughs> fair enough seen it at the time. Fair enough. but I've always been a little bit of a risk taker, but even for the twenty years that I was a screenwriter, and you know, there's some freedom that comes with that. You're not clocking in fair You're enough. Yeah. sort of it, it's a little bit entrepreneurial, but at the end of yeah. the day, Unless you're writing movies on spec and trying to sell them, or you're out there directing independent films, you still have a boss. You still have studio executives giving you notes on your pieces. You're still easily replaced by another writer when they decide everything's your fault. Wow. So so, um, I think I longed for a chance to bet on myself. Mm. And I think that's that um, coupled with my deep and strong belief in the importance of local journalism mm. um, uh, were the kind of two guiding principles that, that led me to take on this challenge.
1: Wow. So at some point from UCLA to the moment where you said, I can do this, you grew the faith in yourself as a writer, as an entrepreneur, as someone to take your creativity and just, you know, I'm gonna be my own boss. And along the way, there have been a lot of different people in that journey. So if I gave you a magic wand Mm. and said, okay, you got your former teachers from UCLA, you have your family members, you have a bunch of folks. In this moment, wave that magic wand. You got five people to pick to come to dinner, your teachers in life. Who are they? Okay.
0: I would have Rick Tuttle,
1: mm.
0: um, who uh, was the dean of students at UCLA. Okay, and uh, was the student advisor who sat on the student government board. He's okay. the one who encouraged me to mm. apply for a Rhodes scholarship. He impl- encouraged okay. me to apply for a a, a Truman scholarship. Wow. sophomore. sophomore. Uh, he's the one who allowed me to think of myself as a real player in the world that wow. what I did and what I thought and what I said mattered. Wow. And that was huge. I would say he was a major inspiration. Yeah. Um, another teacher who just passed away was Bruce Corwin mm. who uh, was one of my investors owns uh Pacific uh, or the, the uh, metropolitan theaters in Santa Barbara oh, His wow. family does, but he was uh had so much humility, hmm. but also just real faith in me hmm. and um, and was the first one to say yes when I said I wanted to do um, the journal wow. and was the person when I tried to hire someone but was afraid that someone else would sue us if I hired them because of an unfair contract that had been signed. He mm-hmm. looked at me and said, when we do the right thing, we don't do the thing out of fear. Wow. And so that was... Wow. Uh, um, wow uh, my sister's been an incredible teacher mm. to me um, wow. in my life uh, she is a big thinker and someone who's always been there for me and been a good mm. partner for me and wow good crime good crime <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so okay. she's she's been an amazing person. Cal, I have to have more than five people at this table. I, I, well, hey, you know, you it's, know, it's like you're, you're asking three. me to have a birthday party with five people. I can't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, you're at three. Let's see. Let's, we get to get to five and we'll see. We've got to get some alternates just in case people can't make it. You know? you
0: know, I'm going to put two as one. I'm sorry. I'm bending the rules. I'm okay. a rule breaker. Fair enough. I'm going to bend the rules. Okay. okay. The Two people who were student body president of UCLA before me. Mm. Um, One was a guy named Bobby Grace, who uh, actually is now, uh, may end up running uh, for uh, the DA in Los Angeles. He's head of the gang division in South Central LA, and he was student body president of UCLA. And he, I learned so much from him. He's still a friend. Um, but I learned so much from him about uh, uh, what I learned from him is that when you're trying to sell something, what you're really selling is your passion for that thing,
1: huh. more than
0: that thing. Wow. And um, he he was really a great role model to me, and wow. he was a partner in the whole anti-apartheid movement at UCLA yeah. That, yeah. that we took part in yeah. and... and uh, Anyway, so I would say him and I would say Ben Vandebunt, who was actually my boyfriend all through college. But he was the student body president of the year oh. before I was. Wow! And I remember once, uh, I remember when I first started to run for student body president, and I was running against all men, mm-hmm. um, three of whom were in the Greek system, and one was the head of the Asian oh. Student Association. Wow. So I was basically, deter- you know, I was destined yeah. to lose. And um, I had a meeting with students in the dorms, and mm. I was sitting in a dorm room, and the room was kind of packed with my peers, and I sat on a chair, and everyone was on the floor sitting around, and and I felt so uncomfortable and so out of my body. And um, I remember I left that night going, I'm going to lose. I did horribly. Like, mm. they weren't even listening to me. Wow. And he said, they weren't listening to you because you were speaking to them. You You were speaking at them. You weren't speaking to them these are your friends Mm. like these are your peers these are people Mm. who want to understand how you're thinking because they are they are you yeah yeah
1: yeah you know
0: and something he said that day changed my life in some small way like always changed my the way i approach Mm. speaking um with people got it so okay that was a, a wow another good one okay and then the other person i would have at the table is my friend meryl Zigar, okay. who is one of my investors but i've just learned so so much from her the way she thinks about philanthropy wow. and giving back and why that's so important and how wow. she takes that on with you know she's she's an amazing influence on me and teacher wow. for me now in my journey so.
1: wow wow okay uh it's interesting you are the first person uh on the podcast to not have any of their classroom teachers in the mix which is interesting to me right um because the idea of seeing your whole self you have people that saw aspects of you and gave you uh mirrors in your life and you've mentioned them it's interesting to me um
0: if, if you gave me more than five, I might have maybe, someone there. Yeah, maybe. maybe <laughs> fair enough,
1: fair enough. But it's interesting to me because uh, they're sophisticated individuals at different po- moments in your life, and you were right when you said there are moments, and you brought those moments forward, and those moments are mirrors for you, right, as you're seeing, you're seeing yourself, and you're expanding who you are in the process.
0: Can I Can I um make one point about yeah, that? Is that yeah, okay? yeah, please. I do remember... Very vividly, all the way back from first grade, mm-hmm. negative things that certain teachers said hmm. that stuck with me and impacted me. I remember one teacher said, I remember overhearing her say she's not a good reader.
1: Really? And you in first grade, and you overheard this?
0: I was in first grade. We were put in reading groups, so yeah. she wanted me to be like in a lower reading group. Oh, wow. And um, I later found out after college that I was dyslexic. Wow. But- um I, I, it's interesting how the positive sticks with you, but so does the negative. Yes, and I think uh, I wonder sometimes if teachers understand. And by the way, I feel mm. that as a parent, of course, you know, do you do we always know how much what we say matters wow. and sticks with In our kids grade. and our students?
1: And see, that's interesting to me because here's this teacher um, who actually wasn't seeing all of you, right? It actually reduced you to a perception that wasn't true, that didn't see below the iceberg whatsoever. And it stuck with you. That comment stuck with you. And a part of me wonders if, well, first of all, she probably doesn't even remember it, if she's still around, right? But uh, look at what I'm doing now, right? You know, And to have that that, uh, moment with those folks that... I want to say they disbelieved in you, but they didn't believe in you enough. Is that fair?
0: Um, yeah, I didn't feel seen yeah. by them. I think yeah. that's what you use that expression. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I didn't feel seen. And also, I felt limited by their judgment of me.
1: Yeah, limited.
0: You know? Yeah. By the way, I have to say, this is like that Academy Award moment when I'm not thanking someone I should thank. Hmm. Another important teacher... Me has been my husband. Mm. He's been an incredible partner, creative mm-hmm. partner to me. And I've I've he'd be at that table too.
1: That's wonderful. Okay. There's a lot of people at that You'd table. He'd be at
0: that table too, <laughs>
1: Fair enough, fair enough. There's gonna be a lot of people at that table, right? We'll take turns. Musical chairs. Um Gwen, this is one wonderful. Um, there's a lot of thought-provoking quotes, reflections, moments in your journey. They're going to be inspiring to people, uh, the folks that listen to the podcast. The hope is that what they hear inspires them to think about the teachers in their lives, the ones that really set them on a path, who saw them, who heard them, who believed in them. Mm. And so as you share your story, I hope people remember theirs. I want to thank you for sharing it and sharing thank your you, energy Cal. with us. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate you. So, Gwen, uh, we've come to that moment where I thank you for uh, sharing your spirit, sharing your story. And I ask people to reflect back to the teachers in their lives. Uh, And thank you for providing the inspiration uh, for yourself as a student and as an entrepreneur. Uh, Much love to you, my sister. And as we say on the podcast, class dismissed. Thank you. Thank you. The whole student podcast has been brought to you by Duncast. Produced by J.D. Scroggin, the director of marketing and communication at the Dunn School, and co produced by Brandon Scott
0: of Comfort Food. Thank you for joining us.